ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Feel Better Show. Today's show is brought to you by sequels. Um, 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 da, 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 dum. It's the Feel Better Show! This is Feel Better with the Feel Better Show. Of an up-and-coming movie star named Roger Rabbit, and a down-and-out private detective Stay out! named the Cat in the Hat. <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, I am your host with the most feel better, and today, ladies and gentlemen, is a very special day. We have a very special guest, all the way from underneath the world, from New Zealand. We have Alexander. Alexander, would you like to introduce yourself? Hello, everybody. Um, not a lot of people call me Alexander. Most people call me AJ. So AJ, feel right. free to just call me AJ for the rest of it. I will. I think if, if you call me Alexander, I'd feel like I'm, I'm in trouble <laughs> every time you say my name. So, All right. Ale- AJ, it is. <laughs> We're just about to call you Alexander yeah. again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm going to do that probably per- throughout the podcast. I'll just forget. Um, that, that's all good. All right, so you are coming from the land, not down under, because that's another place. You're right next to the land down under. You're in New Zealand, right? Just yeah. Tell me, I'm, I'm yeah. not fucking up. <laughs> no, that's good. I think I think people do refer to New Zealand as down under as well, um, though that might just be like a universal ignorance of the difference between New Zealand and Australia. But I think it's all good to say that we're down under right. in, in some respect. And um, so. I, I just want to clarify um, a Kiwi. Is that a derogatory term? Is it not? <laughs> it's not derogatory at all. We call ourselves Kiwis. It's a, it's yeah. like saying, um, uh, so you're from Canada. What, what do people call Canada and Canadian people? Canadian. <laughs> um, Canucks, the nicest people alive. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, we, we, are, we, are the, we are Australia's Canada. Oh, there you so, go. So there you go. Yeah. The, the, the nicer group of uh oceani people i guess would be that that would be the continent right oceani i think so i think it has a few different names i've heard i i usually refer to it as australasia, australasia if i'm okay. i don't know it's weird who knows <laughs> geography that's not my main point my main point is movies so luckily this is about movies um so you pitched me the idea about sequels movies that have sequels about coming up with different sequels for movies that don't have any sequels so, mm-hmm. I'm going to be playing the part of a movie producer, and you're going to have to pitch me movie sequels. You have about five, if I'm not mistaken? I have five, yep. Excellent. All right. Um, before we start, you mentioned that uh, you have a podcast. you want to pitch your podcast now, or do you want to wait till the end? Oh, I'll, do, I'll do a little spiel now, if all that's right. all good. Go right ahead, sir. The floor is yours. Um, awesome. So, yeah, if you uh, like my accent and you like movies, um, head on over and check out the Cult Popcher podcast. Um, 90% of the reason it's still going after all these years is because I was like, this is a really good name and I can't not utilize the, wo- the words Cult Popcher as much as possible. Um, and so uh, it's not just a podcast, it's also like a YouTube channel. So we do videos and, and stuff as well. But our podcast is called Film Franchise Fortnights and me and another New Zealander, uh, named Richard, who looks exactly like me. Um, we every every fortnight we 
watch an entire film franchise and then um, come come together and discuss it and pitch pitch sequels to the to the franchise itself. So we've done everything from like the there are you know there are like over thirty Godzilla films. Oh my god! Um, really? Yeah, yeah. There's fourteen Land Before Time films. Um, we just we just for Halloween we just recently did the the eleven Halloween films. Um, we usually randomize it, so we'll we just have all these franchises written down, and then we'll hit a random number generator, and so that that's landed us in trouble before. We the the kind of epic that we did this year was um, we did the seventeen film Airbud franchise. Wow, that is so, a big, uh, <laughs> franchise to go off on. Yeah, yeah. So there you go. So go check that out if you if you like the sound of that. It's a cult popsha on Facebook and YouTube and Instagram and iTunes and SoundCloud and all the all the places you find things. And of course, it's going to be in the link in the description down below, so that it's going to be easier for my fans to find you. So let's cool. let's get it going. Let's start with your mm-hmm. first uh, <coughs> sequel. By the way, um, for people who are listening, AJ has the biggest bushiest epicest beard i am very <laughs> jealous of his beard game he has right now oh. um it is just gorgeous of a beard and so you should go check out the youtube channel just to marvel at that beard if he had a video of just 18 hours of him just brushing his beard just just his beard and him brushing would have over mm. a billion views guaranteed guaranteed it's a good idea Maybe I should do that. <laughs> Maybe that's my key to virality. I can guarantee you, you have at least one view from me. I'm just going to watch it. Just like, <laughs> oh my God, that's beautiful. Um, enough about mm. the beautiful beard. Uh, let's go yeah. on with uh, the beautiful movies that this bushy beard is uh, going to be pitching me today. Mm. Now that I'm all butted up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. So the first sequel that I wanted to pitch you, um, Phil, was a sequel to the 2003 classic uh the cat in the hat starring mike myers based on the dr seuss book um fun fact about this movie was that it actually pissed off the um the holder of the dr seuss estate so much that she was like no you can no longer make live action dr seuss movies because this movie was raunchy and filthy and that's not maybe some would argue that's not in true keeping with the dr seuss spirit um but let's pretend that she didn't do that and that i can pitch a live action sequel to it um so the if you've read the cat in the hat storybook you probably know that there's a sequel to the cat in the hat story called the cat in the hat comes back um and so you know what is popular these days phil is uh distant sequels you know you've got blade runner 2049 you've got halloween 2018 like you know doing returning to these characters we all know and love you know nearly 20 years later to um to to you know cash in on the success um and so i'm pitching a distant sequel to the 2003 cat in the hat called the cat in the hat comes back uh we follow conrad who's still played by spencer breslin who's not been in much <laughs> since <laughs> the first cat in the hat um and his younger sister sally played by dakota fanning who has been in in plenty since um <laughs> the original film she, she got the, uh, and the good stick on that one yeah exactly um and so they are now adults and they have like PTSD and years of therapy under their belts because after the adventures of the cat in the hat, 
um, they had to basically be told by every child psychologist that what you experienced wasn't real. Like there's there's no such thing as a as a man sized talking quirky cat like that just doesn't happen so they've taken all these years to try and like rectify this what must be a false memory in their in their minds of course um even though they both remember it and and for years they were convinced but now they've gotten over it and they believe they've, they've gone through therapy and they believe it's they were like covering up a traumatic incident from their childhood or something like that um so one holiday season um, this, is, this is a Christmas movie. Um, Perfect. They Perfect. Return, they return home to spend Christmas with their mother. Um, and while shoveling this, the snow in the driveway, Mike Myers returns as the cat. The cat in the hat comes back. Um, and they're like, no, this this can't be happening. Um, but it is happening. And so if you've read The Cat in the Hat Comes Back, it basically plays out the same story from the cat in the hat comes back, but it's recontextualized now to have the disturbed adult versions of the kids who are, you know, trying to trying to reconcile the fact that the their baggage and trauma actually comes from a very real magical being. And yeah, so that's my first pitch. I like the idea. I'm picturing mm-hmm. it to be somewhat shot like it's a post-apocalyptic film so you got mm. the graininess of it so yeah. it, it, it's all perfect like before the mike myers shows up it's perfect and ideal very pleasant yeah. film, very nicely shot the minute mm-hmm. mike myers pops up it goes like this grainy type film like it's yeah it's post-apocalyptic and it's you just get this feel like oh my god you get traumatized watching it and you feel the trauma yeah. coming and i want tight sometimes tight shots so you feel claustrophobic yeah yeah have you ever seen like people have re-edited the cat in the hat to be like a horror movie trailer okay yes because you could like yeah you could like spin that on it and take inspiration um from that i think because the the original cat in the hat film is quite whimsical and it's quite colorful and yeah. like it's not it's not set in like a grounded reality it's set in a slightly hyper realized reality mm-hmm. and so if the first film starts in our reality so that it's kind of saying that the entirety of the first film was just the world seen through children's eyes and then we start with it being real gritty and realistic. And then as soon as the cat turns up, we kind of move into this surreal David Lynchian madness. I think this would be, it would be a terrible choice financially for a studio to make, but I think it would be a great <laughs> filmic experience for everyone involved. Oh yeah, no, no, no. This movie I can see. You have to set it as an R-rated movie. This is not a kid's movie. Ever. Yeah. It's yeah, exactly. rated um, yeah. I guarantee you the kids who saw it in 2003 will definitely see it as an adult. And you cut it, though, because you want to turn people's head. You, you cut it, the trailer, the first trailer, mm-hmm. you make it whimsical. You mm-hmm. make it seem like it's normal. And then at the end, you, you throw a twist in it and show that it's not. It's fucked up. Yeah, totally. Totally. Like Agreed. acid trip. It's, it's going to fuck you. <laughs> up this. I like yeah. it. I can see this happening, and I guarantee that someone will make this movie because it's going to be pure gold, pure gold. Oh, I'm, I'm glad you, you like it. That's, that's one, that's one out of five. Hell, if this is, if your ideas go better from this, <laughs> I'm going to be, I'm going to be making boatloads of money off this. I'm telling you yeah. right now. Absolutely. We're in the money. We're in the money. All right, let's go for the number two when you're ready. 
Okay, so my second idea um, is a sequel to the 1988 film Who Framed Roger Rabbit. A classic. I love it. I'm already on board. You, you yeah. got me sold just with that. Mm. So, first of all, an idea for doing a prequel to Who Framed Roger Rabbit has been floating around for, like, years, basically since the original film came out. Um and it had a couple titles. It's mostly known, you can read the script online, it's mostly known as Toon Platoon, um, but I prefer the title Who Discovered Roger Rabbit. Ooh, um, yeah, okay. yeah. And it, yeah, it's set in, it was supposed to be set in World War II and focus on like the golden age of cartoon characters as opposed to like the the current incarnations, which well, at, the, at the time was what the, the first film focused on. Mm-hmm. Um, so it didn't get made mainly because um, Spielberg, who was a producer, felt uncomfortable about doing a like comical World War Two film directly after Schindler's List. Um, Makes sense. So Makes sense. Yeah. I, I can see the little hesitation. Little, yeah, yeah. Little, little hesitation. <clears throat> um, but I'm just I'm baffled by this because I want to see more live action animated hybrids. You know, yes. like. Who Framed Roger Rabbit is like such a good movie. It's such an amazing movie. It's an amazing story, but it's also an amazing visual treat. You know, oh, it's it it's a cool film to, to watch. And I am shocked that the only things in Who Framed Roger Rabbit's legacy is like Space Jam and Looney Tunes back in action. So like those are the only other times something similar has been attempted. Very true. I was going to bring it up. Like we have the uh, LeBron James produce coming uh, mm. Space Jam 2 which yep. I don't think will hold a candle to the original or even Looney Tunes back <laughs> in action. And, of course, mm. it's not even going to come close to Roger Rabbit. Like, I remember who mm. filmed Roger Rabbit, watching it with my, uh, on my grandfather's, at my grandfather's, and it was mm. just just amazing. Like, I was mesmerized by like, because you have Christopher Lloyd's character that's a mixture of live action and mm. animation, and it's like, and it still holds up today. That yeah. is what is impressive, that it holds up today's standard of CGI. Mm. Yeah, totally. I think what what makes this ripe for a sequel is, um, and what, what makes any film ripe for a sequel is great world building. Mm-hmm. And Roger Rabbit, like, there are there are rules to Roger Rabbit's world. It's mm-hmm. not just, oh, there's cartoons and live action. It's like, a, if um, you, so there's, there's a really cool video you can watch on this by a guy named Captain Christian who does like a, a breakdown of Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Um, and in that, he basically goes into how like, if um, there's a scene where Eddie is um, trying to hide Roger, so he's doing the dishes and Roger's like in the dirty dishwater, like he's hiding him from the, the weasels. And when Roger pops up for air, he spits out real water because he ingested real water. You know, he didn't ingest cartoon water. So like they the, the cartoons hold real guns and they smash real plates on their heads. And it, so they don't cheapen it by just making everything cartoon. They actually say, yes, if a cartoon character picks up a live-action thing, they are then holding that live-action thing. And the same way if a live-action character picks up a cartoon object, they are holding that cartoon object. Um, and, yeah, I just would really love to return to that world. Um, I'm, I'm happy with a prequel doing Who Discovered Roger Rabbit or a sequel, maybe. I feel like, I feel like cartoons aren't as, um, aren't as nostalgic now, so you wouldn't get as much joy out of seeing, like, Roger Rabbit interact with Finn and Jake from Adventure Time as you would seeing him, like, meet Steamboat Willie, you know? 
Yeah, I, I, I like the idea. I like the idea of who uh, who found Roger Rabbit. Um, mm. I'm feeling that it's Roger kind of slips through the doorway. This is before they find the tunnel that brings them to Toontown. Mm-hmm. And I feel like Roger slips out through a crack and someone discovers him, like the guy who ends up discovering Toontown. Mm. Like he right. ends up, it kind of like it, it flips from being in live action world, like in the human world to the, the Toon world. And then finally mm. he has a secret and he's making these movies, right? And Roger's becoming bigger and bigger and they're trying to figure out how it's being done. And then boom, yeah. Toon world is discovered. And then it, it's just like a... Disney, you you can have someone play Disney. You can have someone play Warner Brothers. You can play have like every Hanna Barbera is all there. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. Like because that. the original, the original Roger Rabbit is of course famous for bringing everyone together to play nicely. It's like there's the famous shot of Mickey Mouse and Bugs Bunny on the same screen together. You know, so if you could even do that with more and more different oh, that, that, uh, that, animation yeah. houses, I, I, I can yeah. see it happening, and it would be. It would be a monumental if they, because right now there's a lot, big division between the studios, and mm. specifically Disney owning everything under the sun. Yeah. <laughs> but if Disney yeah. allowed uh, that to happen again and uh, bring in someone acting as Walt Disney, someone acting as Hannah and Barbara and all those mm. people, and they come in and they start kind of like divvying up the, yeah. the tunes into becoming their houses and then you have you can also probably have a sequel to that where mm. the tunes kind of have a strike and they try mm. and then they become equal representation and then you get yeah that leads into who framed roger rabbit i think that's great you got you can get two sequels out of that prequels out of that. there you go there you go yeah exactly um because do you know that, that who framed roger rabbit's based on a novel <laughs> it is? it's so weird yeah it's based on a novel where like instead of it being like cartoon characters they're like comic strip characters so it did a similar thing because it was still um taking like existing properties and and putting them in this world but yeah it's called who censored roger rabbit okay Um, and there there are sequels to that so you know you've there there is fodder to mine i guess for for sequels yeah I love nice. it. Nice. I love it. They can even instead of like the sequel, if they want to do a sequel, they can actually go into the comic book world. Yeah, exactly. They can find yeah. they can make like different <clears throat> universes like they have, okay, we know there's Toontown, maybe there's an there's a comic book town or other mm. things like that. Oh my god, there's so much you C- can CGI use. the CGI animated movies, you know. There you go. They go visit Moana and 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 all the Pixar Elsa. And all that. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, exactly. God. Yeah. AJ, we just there you go. we just discovered like at least thirty films right there. We we cracked it. There we go. I don't know if your rest can even match up. You you started off strong with the cat in the hat. <laughs> we made it a bit better. Yeah. Made it into an R-rated, you know, dystopian type film, and then you came with Roger yeah. Rabbit, and we discovered a franchise <laughs> right for the yeah. taking. I don't know why no one's going after this. No, nah, true. Yeah. Oh my God, I I can, I can just see it now. Like you have. The animated, you can even bring in like movie worlds. Like th- they can be like the real world meets. It's kind of like that episode of Spider Man back in the early, I think early 2000s, late 90s, where Spider Man mm-hmm. is doing the clone saga situation. Right. And he ends up coming into the actual real world and meeting uh, Stan Lee. Mm hmm. And like, that's you, funny. You can do that. You can have us in the real world meeting the actual. Uh, kind of yeah. like uh, last action hero, even like you can yeah. go into the, uh, the movie world, and there's all mm. these other. Oh my god! 
I think if you were wanting to look for like something to satiate your Roger Rabbit craving these days, you could either go to something like the Lego movie or um, Ready Player One because both of those incorporate loads of different properties as well. But they're both kind of... um, they both make excuses for themselves, mm-hmm. like especially Ready Player One. It's like, this isn't a real world. You can be anyone. I think what's attractive about the Roger Rabbit universe is that Toons are just actors. You know, they are real people, essentially. And so it's cool to return to that world instead of having this prerequisite that they are um, characters invented that other people are then adopting. Yeah. yeah. I like it. I like it. Sign Thank me you. up. I want to. I, I want to make this as a franchise. We're gonna go to Hollywood. We're gonna make millions. AJ, millions. Right. I tell you. Let's do. It. Let's do. It. All right. Let's move on to the next one. Cause Jesus, uh, <laughs> if your first two, your first two are gold, gold standard already. I don't know mm. how you're gonna beat this. I swear, I don't uh, know how you're gonna beat this. I'll I'll try, but my next two are kind of. I've just written down one or two sentences, but my last one's real good. All right. Let's so. let's go. Let's go. All right, so the next one that I would love to see, and I've been campaigning for this for years, is um, I want to see 28 Months Later, the mm-hmm. sequel to 28 Days Later from 2002 and 28 Weeks Later from 2007. Okay. Um, have you seen either of oh, those I films? I, I, it, yeah. Was so amazing. Cillian Murphy in the first mm-hmm. one. Uh, yeah. It just it gives you the it just barrenness. like. I, I feel that the Walking Dead TV show actually ripped off the beginning mm. of Twenty Eight Days Later, with mm. Cillian working waking up in the hospital and that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, exactly. It's and then even in Fear the Walking Dead, they kind of do something similar when they're in the church. Mm. And they, I think I think if I'm remembering correctly, I remember hearing that apparently because the Walking Dead comic came out like the same year as 28 Days Later or something like that. And so when confronted about if whether or not the comic ripped off the movie, I think the, the, the guy who writes the comic was like, well, I didn't, I didn't do it intentionally, but I can understand why people would think. And like apparently he, he hadn't seen the movie. So maybe it was a coincidence, but it is still an immediate comparison to have a guy wake up in a hospital and the world is taken over. Um, but yeah, so um, I, I, again, I don't have a lot to say about this other than it feels we were promised a trilogy and we never really got one. Mm-hmm. Um, I personally would want to return to the, the original characters from 28 Days Later because I really love Jim and Selena um, and would want to. And what I think the sequel, where I think the sequel went wrong is that whereas the first one was like, here's a bunch of unimportant nobodies trying to survive the apocalypse the sequel was like here is the cure for the virus trying to survive the apocalypse it was too important we were following people who were too important to the story and i kind of prefer to follow you know you and me in in the apocalypse as opposed right so So, just like if they die they fucking die it's not the end of the world yeah yeah you you feel like it's an everyday person yeah, exactly. Um, and so spoilers for 28 Weeks Later, but that film actually ends with the rage virus traveling across the ocean to, um, we see it in Paris at the end of the film. Okay. And it's it's not exactly a cliffhanger because you could just say, oh, it's just a tragic ending. Like it's just a bad, it's just a sad ending. But I don't know. I want to see 28 Months Later. I want to see what the world looks like. I want to see not necessarily a happy ending, but some form of closure where we um, close off the story. There are a few 
um, 28 Days Later graphic novels. There's a couple of them, actually. I've read both of them, and I wouldn't say either of them are particularly good, um, but they do kind of... They show that there is more... Um, there's more in the well, you know. You can you can certainly draw more from that franchise. And so I've been... When, when I was in high school, my favourite movies were 28 Days Later, The Dark Knight, and Hot Fuzz, right? Oh. And all yeah, all three of them were films that um, we were we were told at one point we were going to get um, another Shaun of the Dead Hot Fuzz movie. We were told we were going to get another Batman movie, and we were told we were going to get another Twenty Eight Days Later movie. And we got The Dark Knight Rises, and we got The World's End, but we never got Twenty Eight Months Later. And so. It's unresolved for me, and I want it. I, I need to see this movie. Oh, no, no, no. I, I want to see the, this movie as well. And 28 months later, it's just keeping in the tense of 28 day, the 28 days, the 28 yeah, days, yeah, yeah. 28 months later. All right, so it's 28 months later. What's going on? What, are we following the – you say you want to follow the original characters, or do you want to follow uh, use, uh, not important characters elsewhere mm, in the world? I think – yeah, I, I think it would probably be easier to just do a completely new cast, okay. but I do I do love Killian Murphy and Naomi Harris, um, and so it'd be cool to return to them, but I don't know if the plot necessarily allows for that. Um, I know that in the in the in the graphic novel, Jim is dead, which I didn't like, and he he died in like all of the alternate endings for the movie as well. Mm. But I, I like him surviving more. But maybe we don't return to them. I think what we would be seeing is we'd be seeing like kind of refugee camps, like or, or maybe because twenty eight days, twenty eight weeks later, kind of did that where we saw the um, the world if everyone was like funneled into. Um, you know these these camps where you can keep everyone safe. Yeah. Um, so maybe maybe we. And I remember in Twenty Eight Days Later, they play with the idea that the government's toppled, but that was only uh, the the twist of Twenty Eight Days Later was that it was only Britain yeah. because the rest of the world was fine. And so, what if the rest of the world has fallen and the government has fallen in the rest of the world as well? And so it's it's actually just full on post apocalypse. People like making their own rules. You could go that way, or you could say no. The government actually survived, and we see, um, you know, what what would a world look like if the government was trying to contain a global epidemic such as the rage virus? You know, mm-hmm. I like it. I, I like both. Like it's complete anarchy, or it's. <laughs> controlled and uh, some government is trying to contr- uh, take care of it um what if we're going the apocalyptic way which i think mm-hmm. would probably be m- easier for people to get behind yeah um, because they're it, it did like the end of 28 months later uh, 28 weeks later it did end up in paris and it spreads out what i'm thinking mm-hmm. is a somewhat road trip type movie mm-hmm. where you have two three, four people, you have a small caravan of people um, mm-hmm. moving across uh, the continent, the European, uh, Eurasia continent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, and they hear that Britain is a safe haven. Oh, shit. Okay. I love it. Okay. Here yeah. So we can either start like uh, in Italy or we can start uh, like in Russia or something like that. But you have a mixture of people. You don't have just one from one place. They just they come together. Mm-hmm. They 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 met at a containment camp that fell. You can even start there. Like they're getting processed and then fucking shit goes loose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they get they yeah, th- yeah. 
it's important to have enough characters that at least half of them can die yeah. along the way. As well. You can grow attached <laughs> so. to them and they die. So you you may have like two military people. So they're they're concentrating on military things. You can have a scientist if you want. You can have you need to have a child because mm. it's mandatory to have a child in a post apocalyptic <laughs> yeah. movie. And then yeah. they end up, uh, this, the group goes f- from their larger numbers down to like, let's say you have the child and two other people. You have the military man who was like the heart, like you can have like the hardened veteran and then you have the, the kind of the newbie and like one mm-hmm. of them survives obviously. And then you mm-hmm. have, you have someone else in the group and they, they make it over to the England and they're greeted by Naomi Harris and nice. Murphy. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Nice. Everything back 100%. <laughs> And that's how it ends. And it just ends kind of like you just hear stop, stop. And then you have the guns pop open and there's guns pointed and stuff. And then you just look up and you have Celia and Murphy there with a gun. And then Naomi mm. Harris is there as well. Or they make it to Britain and then they end up being lodged with them or something like that. That Bringing that all mm. in so that you have that nice kind of like closure in essence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think as well the... um. I, I really like the kind of poetry in the first one being Britain is the only infected place. And then in the last time, last one, Britain's the only sanctuary. I really like that. Yeah. I think that would work great. Like the, the Britain, Scotland and uh, Ireland kind of like, since they're such a, a small place, they're the, the yeah. ones who are protected. And so you get this great, uh, great, po- like you said, poetry that they started mm. off being the only ones infected. Now they're the only ones clean and they have to make mm. a decision. Do they try and help the rest of the world or do they just stay in their self and like screw the rest of the world? Yeah, yeah. I think we have to get Danny Boyle to return as director as well. Um, yes. I think, yeah, because he, he did um, a sequel to Train Spotting the other, uh, a couple of years ago. So yeah. he, da- he dabbles, you know, he dabbles in sequeling. So I think, yeah, get, get as much as the original uh, group that produced it filmed it yeah um you obviously you're only getting one or two of the original actors i think you need at least either cillian murphy or naomi harris to come back yeah yeah because it won't work it won't give you that closure if you don't have at least one of them mm. you can even bring the little girl uh yeah, yeah. Her age or have her age up or whatever and it'll be even greater like yeah uh i love it yeah making cool, it cool. a post-apocalypse is probably better than government containing yeah, yeah i feel the government containing it is it, it varies on to world war z territory yeah, yeah, totally. it could be a little hard to figure it out how to work it but i like the yeah. local cross european uh, epic road trip through zombies yeah man and that's essential as well because the first two are both road trip movies so you got to make the last one a road trip movie yeah big caravan kind of take a bit of elements from uh the resident evil yeah one with vegas or whatever and put it in there and going across europe because you can get those nice epic like the emptying of like Prague, you know, how like desolate, like how beautiful Prague architecture, but there's no one there. It's kind of like decaying as well. And you have dead bodies mm. and then you go to Paris and up to England. Yeah. I think, I think that would be friggin' fucking awesome. Yeah, man. That's a friggin' fucking awesome. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> you say, Canadian saying, friggin' fucking awesome. Here we it's, go. It's like someone who's afraid of, of, they don't know if they can say the F word on this podcast, but then they real, they remember you told, them that you could so they start with friggin and they're like oh no i'm allowed to (laughs) yeah they jump straight into fucking after that it's my own podcast i forgot that i could swear (laughs) i I was doing like a couple family friendly podcasts earlier in the week so i'm in family friendly slash (laughs) regular (laughs) podcast mode oh my god Mm. all right 
Mm. So I think we, we got a pretty much a good gem. It, it's still it's not a it's a gem in the rough there. It's not as good as our previous yeah, yeah. previous ones, but there is the gold there as well. Um, let's move yeah. on to the next one. Let's see if we can make this one even better. All right. Okay. So the next one. Um, this is a, This is one. Whenever when you Google the words, what movie deserves a good sequel? This one always comes up. So I thought we'd throw this in here and we okay. can talk about it. Uh, and this is the two thousand nine film District Nine. Oh. Um, yeah, the 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 main kind of reason why people say it needs a sequel is because it ends on a cliffhanger where um, the alien leaves and says he'll come back for uh, Vickers, who's now turned into an alien. Um, by the spo- spoilers for District Nine, <laughs> if you haven't seen it, but um, and and he said, oh, "I'll come back in three years," and that was nine years ago, <laughs> that, and he hasn't come back yet. So, I would want to see a sequel bit where it has been longer than three years because that's, that brings in more drama mm-hmm. where it's like, you said you'd come back for me and you, and it felt like you never were going to. And um, so there's a hopelessness to that. Um, I re- what I, what I, what I think is interesting about this is um, Neil Blomkamp who directed it has, his works since district nine have, in my opinion, been okay to garbage. Um, I didn't mind Elysium, the Matt Damon one, but I hated Chappie. Ooh. I thought Chappie was one of the biggest missed opportunities I've ever seen in film. Okay, I kind of enjoyed Chappie. I can see where I you're left, coming yeah. from. I can see where you're coming from. Before I annoy the man with the epic beard, who probably is Viking. <laughs> um, like seriously, guys, his beard is freaking epic. It's 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 oh. it rages on Viking. Um, <laughs> with the bushiness of it, um, but I can see where you're coming from. It, it, it. There is a lot left. Mm. Like, there's a lot of meat left on this bone when it finishes. That could have been mined, like, or eaten, and you could have got more from it. Elysium. I was really disappointed with Elysium, more yeah. so than Chappie, because this idea of like the two worlds, and like there was so mm. much more they could do. But I think mm. he was hamstrung by he's been hamstrung by the studios. I think yeah, that yeah. his biggest problem is because you can see there's br- bits of brilliance in there, but it's he the studio kind of don't don't doesn't trust him because like oh yeah with with uh, District Nine it was a somewhat small budget. Yeah, you yeah. can do nearly anything with a small budget, but when you get this big budget, you have people breathing down your neck. So he doesn't want to make a mistake. Yeah, yeah, and get hurt, so he's hamstringing himself. Yeah, I just feel like Chappie was kind of hijacked by Diantwood. Like they kind of the whole movie to me felt like a commercial for Diantwood. I will say this about Chappie: is the actual character Chappie was like amazing, and I loved him, and I yeah. would want more of him. But the rest of the movie didn't do it for me, which is why I'm cautious to be like, do we make the District Nine sequel? Is it directed by Neil Blomkamp? Do we ask him to come back? Because yes. has he lost the magic or is he the essential to the magic? I guess I is think, the question. I think if you scale down the budget back to maybe, so whatever District 9's original budget was, mm-hmm. you, you up it just a bit, like maybe 10% more yep. so that you can you, he can have more, more to play with and make things a bit mm. more smoother. Yeah. I think you do that. You let give it a small, like this is the, it's, it's like what happened to uh, Spielberg. Mm-hmm. When you yeah, watch totally. his, his older films, they're all like on a shoestring budget. Yeah, they're somewhat, they were big at the time, but they're a shoestring budget. And then when you give him like lots of money, he just gets lazy. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's like, okay, just act. Okay, that's good. Yeah. But now, yeah. you, you, if you gave Sha- uh, I'm going to say Shakespeare. I don't know why. Spielberg. <laughs> <laughs> he, he's Same thing. Shakespeare. That's what yeah, it is. Yeah, totally, totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you give him a small budget and you go, okay, you have to shoot this for like a million dollars. Like, mm-hmm. go. He probably will turn out one of his best movies because he has to start thinking like the independent guy he was and not this guy who's like, oh, we can fix it in post. We can do mm. this in post. He has to, okay, no, we got one take. We need to do it. So I think if you give Bloomcamp, you go, look, here's your budget good luck like film it and just like and it they like okay it's a million dollars that we lose it's a million dollars we lose we'll we'll make it up with one of our superhero films easily yeah you know and yeah that's what he needs to be able to have that freedom because that's what district nine was it was like it started off as a short that Mm -hmm. made it into a huge movie and he was able to be given uh the free reign like uh didn't he do some youtube studio stuff yeah, he did actually. I didn't see. I heard they weren't that good, <laughs> really? but I haven't. I've, I haven't seen them, so maybe they are. Um, oh. But, but what, I think one missing element, though, that District Nine had that the others didn't as well, is Peter Jackson was actually on as producer, and not to toot the New Zealand horn, but toot away, um, sir, toot away. <laughs> but I wonder if PJ was the the missing element from his later films. Like, like, did he? Yeah, yeah. And that's funny because he himself has, you know, since gone on to somewhat ruin his reputation with the Hobbit trilogy. Uh-huh. Um, but, but, you well, know, he wasn't like, supposed to direct that. No, he exactly. Wasn't. And yeah, it wasn't, that wasn't necessarily his fault. Um, so I, I, think, I think that plot wise, the obvious route would be to do the, uh, Christopher the alien returns to Earth to help Vickers, but there's some complication, which means he can't just like inject a cure into him. Um, I think we need to keep it on Earth. I don't, I don't, well, I don't really want to go into space. Um, but keep I'm it thinking in South for Africa, a, keep it in yeah, the original yeah. location, keep it that I like yeah. the idea of just keeping it simple in one place. Don't go over everywhere because if you yeah. start going in space, you're like, okay, this is not. The, the original yeah, District yeah. 9. Keep it in, like, instead of District 9, make it District 10 or something like that, a different district. Mm-hmm. The aliens have expanded. They're, they have a bit more um, more rights, uh, mm-hmm. a bit more accepted uh, because they've been living here longer. Like, you know, there's the acceptanceness starting to happen. But yeah. they, you still get that racial undertones as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and you can even... Well, if- Go ahead. If the if the first one was like a metaphor for apartheid, we could make this one a metaphor for like a different stage of like race relations yeah, in like, South Africa. I don't know enough about it, but maybe there's another story you could play well, off. You can you can so you have this is the story pretty much of apartheid, pretty much. Um, mm-hmm. Then you can bring in maybe um, uh, what's his name the oh, you you said it like 20 seconds ago not chris the alien the other one vicus vicus maybe vicus is now got championed he plays mm-hmm. the, kind of the part of um i'm i'm forgetting all my people history <laughs> um who, who's the guy who uh was like in jail for 28 years nelson mandela there you go he plays a nelson mandela type character Nice, yeah. No, that's cool because because he would essentially being an alien for twenty years or however long, nine years, is kind of you know that's his prison as he's not yeah. a human anymore. Um, so he plays so the, that, 
and yeah. he starts getting the some more rights for them. Maybe even they have a they have a seat in parliament, if you will. Mm. And mm. like you still have that distrust because just after apartheid, you still had whites that didn't like the blacks and blacks that didn't like the whites. Yeah, yeah. But he's trying and he's working his way up, and maybe he faces uh, some sort of threat, and that's when Chris yeah, Manning yeah. comes back, and they're like, "Look, you have the choice. You either can be cured." Or you can remain an alien, and yeah, he's, he's, you got that conflict. He has that, conflict. yeah, totally, totally. Internally, he's like, I can go back to my wife and my family mm. and my life before, or I can actually do some good because he did want to do good for these aliens. Yeah, exactly. It'd be interesting. Um, I've got a, I've got a title idea for it. Okay, shoot me with it. We talk about titles a lot on my podcast, um, and so to transfer that over here i think district 10 is the obvious one but i think what would be a more um enigmatic title would be district 19 Ooh. so so we just add 10 on so it's like it's like the last one but 10 times more you know i like it so like district 19 yeah, yeah. like it because that shows that it's been growing like if you say district 10 it's like okay, yeah. they only grown one but here we go 19 yeah. they've grown 10 so maybe they have a larger swat of land maybe yeah, yeah. they have more rights like there's a whole bunch of things with that district 19 that you can mm. get from it i would really I would really like it. Like even they don't even have shanty towns anymore. Like they kind of yeah, have yeah. more city houses. Um, yeah, yeah. I like this is it. cool, man. <laughs> I like this. This, I, is, this has become probably the best idea I think that we've had. I, I, yeah, well, one, I, I'm a huge fan of District Nine because it's. I think it's mm -hmm. an underrated film. I think. People oh, it's don't, excellent. Don't yeah. give it enough credit and like the visuals are beautiful the story is intense it's like a found yeah. footage but not like it's a better yeah, found yeah, yeah. footage film because it i think if i'm not mistaken it switches from being like from a, 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 a handheld camera to a proper camera back to handheld correct yeah so like yeah. this this movie really took two two genre two styles and mixed them so well together i think a, like a, a sequel will be even better if they keep that kind of thing like they're doing a uh, maybe they're doing a a program or a piece on uh, the Nestle Mandela alien, and mm -hmm. then you get some conflict going on because he has humans in his bodyguards. Like like strictly make it like nearly like Nelson Mandela. So you have aliens yeah, and yeah. humans having to work together to protect him and stuff. Yeah, yeah. So like I, I think it it would be a great. I think yeah, like you said, this mm. is probably this one is a gold. Right now, there's, there's, there's some stuff that needs to be worked out story-wise in that, but I think we have a basis of a great story here and just a, mm. a few more polishes, and this is like a diamond. Like, this is nearly diamond level. I think kind of beats the cat in the hat, I'm not going to lie. Mm. I'm feeling it beats the cat in the hat, even though I love that terror yeah. <laughs> terror that the cat in the hat can bring. This one, I just yeah. I just feel that it can, it can comment even on today's political situation that's all over the world. That's yeah, exactly. Divisive. I think this can be a, a a great statement on it. Yeah, there's never been a better time for District 19. No, there we go. The, the title of this podcast go. will be District 19. Done. Because <laughs> um, I mean, and, and just another thing I've just noticed here is the first one came out in 2009. If you fast track it so that the next one comes out end of next year, 2009, 2019, District 9, District 19. Perfect. Go. Ten years yeah. apart. Oh man, I so like good. the way so you good. think, AJ. This <laughs> is amazing. Yeah, that's good. I like it. Okay, I've got one more. All right, this is your big one, right? 
Yep. So this is one, um, if you listen to the Cole Popcher podcast, I've already said this one over there, not to recycle content, but it is quite a, it's it's probably the one I've, I've thought, I, I did a massive tweeter, tweeter, Twitter tirade um, with tweets um, about this because I was like, this has to happen. So I want not just a sequel, but a whole franchise based off the 1994 film, The Mask. Ooh, okay. Um, and I know, yep, I know what you're thinking. There was a sequel to The Mask. It was called Son of the Mask, and it was woefully bad. It's it's widely considered to be one of the worst sequels ever made. Um, and so don't dispute that at all. Yeah, yeah. So pretend that didn't happen. Do the, you know, just swipe, sweep, sweep that under the rug. We can It can be there as like an experiment. But basically what I'm getting at is I am shocked that we never got a full-on cinematic sequel to The Mask. And controversially, I'm going to say the main thing I think stopped it, or, um, or, or at least the main thing that they shouldn't try focus on, is you don't get Jim Carrey back. Okay, Ooh, okay, because okay. Stanley Stanley Ipkiss at the end of the mask, he throws away the mask. He doesn't want the mask anymore. Mm-hmm. And so on on the podcast that we did on my my channel, we talked about how like it seems the, what's beautiful about the mask is that it takes a at the time rising comedic actor and it gives him an excuse to turn his shtick up to one hundred and ten percent. Right. Yeah. So like yeah yeah. So the um, Jim Carrey is this wacky dude, right? He's a wacky mm-hmm. actor, but the mask allows him to be that tenfold. You know, the, the mask allows him to be that. What what would Jim Carrey look like if he was extreme, right? Yeah. And so I'm over the last, you know, 20, 24 years since the mask came out, like we should have been doing this with every big comedian of the day. Like on, on, on my podcast, we talked about where is the Jack Black mask film? You know, where oh, a, a character played by yeah Jack Black finds the mask, puts it on, and then he's all like, "Woohoo, I'm Jack Black!" But like tenfold, right? So you could do this with every rising or significant comedic powerhouse at the time. We were talking, you could do a um, Dave Chappelle the mask. You could do, um, I, I, yeah, yeah, exactly. I I like the idea of doing um, someone a bit different, like Jason Bateman. Like, what does Jason Bateman look like turned up to 110 percent? You know, and um, we were talking as well about how you could there would be a big deal when they did the first female mask or the first Mm -hmm. black mask, you know, and what's cool about this idea, I think, is that you're not concerned with legacy. We'd be talking about who gets the next mask in the same way we talk about James Bond or Doctor Who, right? Who's who's going to be cast? And. It, but they're not, they're only sequels in the sense that they throw away the mask at the end of the film and someone else picks it up, right? You could watch them out of order. You could watch them in whatever way you want. And um, so say like you make two or three of them and then you make another, you make a fourth one and the fourth one, everyone's like, this is so bad. This is the worst mask film ever. Mm-hmm. Unlike with something like Pirates of the Caribbean where that that rust and that rot stays on the franchise. It just keeps getting worse as it keeps going on with the mask. You just go, okay, well, the next one's going to be different. It's going to have a different director. It's going to have a different actor playing the mask. And so you're not risking anything. You're just doing, you know, like you, you are, you're free from the bounds of legacy because if you make a bad one, you just make another one and just keep that central conceit in mind that it's about bringing a actor's 
um, an actor with like a specific style and churning that up and seeing what that looks like. And, you know, the stories for each movie is whatever. They can be thought of after. It's more about the character and who plays the mask. And because um, when was the last time you saw the mask, Phil? Uh, it's been at least a good five to maybe ten years. Yeah, it's totally. I understand that. What what you might not remember about it is that it's actually quite a stylized film. Um, like the it's because it's based on a comic book, so it it, it feels a bit um, Tim Burton Batman in parts. Mm-hmm. Like there's like they live in like this real gothic looking city called Edge City, and what I noted the most is that um, the the soundtrack for the mask it feels it's really good, and it feels like it was trying to be iconic. You know, in the same way that we hear the Harry Potter theme music or we hear the the Star Wars theme music. It it feels like a piece like that. And that to me is like these guys were trying to make this a franchise. They were trying to make this, you know, the mask theme. And so I guess, yeah, that's that's I I am. This is kind of a retroactive example because this isn't just a film that needs a sequel. This is a film that should have had a sequel in 1996 and then another one in 1998, you know, and kept going up because, I don't know, it just seems like a wasted opportunity and a great experiment and a great kind of like um, great fodder for rising comedians to um, show the world what they've got, I think. That's not bad. I do Mm. see a problem. Okay. You kind of addressed it, but at the same time, um, you have it, you run into the risk that you'll have the same situation of the mask being repeated. Mm-hmm. You have guy, a comedian, male or female, going through mm-hmm. the whole story of the mask and it just gets repeated. Mm-hmm. But with what you said, where you can just say, okay, fuck it, stop it, come in with a yep. new crew. I feel like every movie should have a new director, new writing. Yeah. The only thing that yeah. stays on is the producers. And the producers are like, we, w- we want this person. Okay, yeah. now we need to sit down and talk with this guy or girl, this comedian. Mm-hmm. What is What are you like with no constraints? Yeah, man, totally. You, like, you, you bring in Kevin Hart and you go sit down and you go, Kevin Hart, you're as a comic or you as a normal person, you're at this stage, you're a five, let's say. What are you up at 11? Like if we turn the dial yeah. up at 11, what are, what are we getting? Or Dave Chappelle, we turn it up to 11, what are we getting? Or Burke mm. Crusher or even Joe Rogan, Co- Joey Diaz, like or yeah, yeah. Louis C.K. Um, yeah. Well, maybe not Louis C.K. these days, but... Yeah, well, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm just naming comics right now. I, we'll we'll yeah, yeah, leave yeah. him in the bin uh, for now, but you can, <laughs> like Amy Schumer... Yeah, man. When you uh, went- yeah, I think, yeah, you're going like Amy Schumer, you go Amy Poehler, you go Tina Fey, right? Like that that whole crew and seeing where, um, or Jenny Slate, I think would be a cool mm-hmm. female mask as well. Um, Yeah, I think you're, yeah, I agree with what you're saying. You, you think workshop it, it with them. Yeah, you workshop the idea. And when you do get that female uh, mask, you get a full female crew to do it. This, yeah, man. Because it will work. Because if, if you have a male thing you're going to get the male glaze on it so they're going to Mm. iconicize the boobs they're going to iconicize the ass Mm. and i as much as hell i'm as a guy what's not (laughs) to love with that but i want to give this the respect that it deserves because it Mm. is we're we're 2018 here we're not 
1996 anymore so like, yeah. if they did a, a girl in a mask or a girl version of the mask in 96 yeah it's gonna have the boobs and the ass which is fine because mm-hmm. at, that, at that time it was acceptable or it was accepted but if we bring mm-hmm. it into today it's that th- those types of movies aren't accepted anymore like people get mm. pissed off with the female glaze mm. type thing like in uh batman i think it was what batman ver- uh justice league with the short skirt on wonder woman and the yeah, 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 shot yeah. of her ass whereas in in uh, Wonder Woman, there was none of that at all. Yeah. So, <laughs> Dude, I Patty think... Jenkins, director of Wonder Woman, like she needs to direct a mask film. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a huge Patty Jenkins fan. She's only even done two films, but like they're both excellent. Yeah. And so, yeah, that, that's, a, that's a really good thought. Is like, like full female yeah. version of the f- uh, of cast like mm-hmm. uh, or crew. Like, okay, yeah, f- the cameraman and the riggers and all that, men, women, I don't care. But the writing yeah. crew and the director and yeah, that yeah. full female, because that, I want that to be like, look, this is a full female cast. Like, the, from from the writers to the star, it's all female. We want this to be pure mm. female. And yeah, you're going to have probably the people go, oh, this is just a femme Nazi film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But at the same time, it's going to be good because it gives the everyone involved in it, gives them that sense like, okay, with these jokes, we, we can feel it, you know? So, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I think that's a fucking fantastic idea. Mm. And yeah. you go, you could do different genres as well. Like the first film's like a crime film. Yeah. So like, what is a what does a mask rom com look like? What does a mask action adventure look like? You know, like horror, you aren't you constrained. Yeah, horror, oh, horror, a horror comedy that would be amazing, man. It would. <laughs> that would be so you, good. You would have to get a comedian who is dark. You need a dark. Comedian yeah, 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 totally. To do that, you can even do like a pure action movie, like superhero. Yeah, man. Um, get the rock the rock's mask oh my and have him, him in an action movie yes. yeah there you go man oh, done. this is great <laughs> sign me up i'm sorry everything else fails this is yeah. my main priority is to get and what would be great is something that they could do because like every movie brings in a new comedian right mm-hmm. when he finally they finally throw the mask at the end you see it land and then it can just like bubble somewhere or it's on the snow yeah. or wherever and then all you see is a hand and it can be the the you can if you already know tapped in who's going to be the next person you can have them mm. in the movie and they just go and grab it and bring it up and then it yeah. just cuts so you get a silhouette of their face maybe or you just see their hand grab it and you the mask coming 2018 yeah. or whatever you know yeah. Yeah, and you go, you go like the mask. You go return of the mask. You go. I mean, son of the mask is a good title, but you could do like, you know. I I feel like the only prerequisite for the title it has to have the word mask in it. I think. But, and you, I think you can yeah. even parody some titles of iconic movies. I yeah, yeah, yeah. You got like the like the return of the, the mask, Jedi, the return of the mask. You got uh, the mask strikes back. Um, yeah. The Phantom Mask. Yeah. If you go with the Star Wars movies, or if you're going with Marvels, the uh, Black Panther mask style or Iron Mask, you know, for the superheroes. Right. Yeah, 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 for the superhero one. Um, so yeah, I think there, there's there's so much stuff to be found here, and you know, I, you know, maybe that'll be middling, you know, average to all right, but that's still cool. You're still you're still allowing this cool little experiment that happens every couple of years, where you yeah you get to see what a comedian shtick looks like when it's turned up that high. I think that's yeah. genius. Yeah, as long as you don't try and find another uh, Jim Carrey. Well, exactly. Like, because cause the, the, you know the live-action Aladdin movie that's coming out? Yeah. So 
Will Smith's playing the genie in that. And I think that was met initially with a bit of like, what the hell? But like, yeah, of course, because you're not going to try replicate Robin Williams, are you? You go a different direction. Yeah, yeah and you so- have to give it a completely right, different yeah. direction. Um, yeah. Because if you try and do Robin Williams, it's going to be a, a poor imitation of Robin Williams. And it's going to sully the legacy of Robin, Robin Williams. Yeah. So in this sense, you don't try be Jim Carrey. You just find another comedian who's good at what they do and see what they look like with the mask, you know? Yeah, because Jim Carrey's slapstick, where some other comedians aren't. Oh, my God. There's yeah. so many, like, Tiffany Haddish. Yeah. Oh, yeah, man. It's such a good idea, right? It is. It's <laughs> golden. I happened yet <laughs> i can't believe that i guess they tried to do it with J- uh, with jamie kennedy in the son of the mask yeah. but they tried to make it the exact same style exactly of changing the style their, their problem was not changing the style and uh, yeah. doing jamie kennedy's type of comedy and that is um, that is inaccurate to the mask's mythos as well, because in the first film, when the villain puts on the mask, he's not a wacky character. He's more evil, you know? Yeah. It's What the mask actually does is that it emphasizes your inner self, right? So Stanley Ipkiss really likes cartoons. That's Jim Carrey's character. Yeah. He really likes cartoons and stuff. And so he in real life, he's actually quite mild-mannered and polite and shy. But when he puts on the mask, that brings it out of him. And so when the villain, who's like just kind of a crook in real life, when he puts on the mask, he becomes like a bloodthirsty killer, you know? So it, it brings out what's inside them. It's not inherently it makes you wacky. It actually just brings out your inner self. That's true. Yeah, no, perfect. I love it. It's freaking mm. brilliant. Thank you. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Leaving us on a big, big jewel of an idea, ladies and gentlemen. AJ mm. coming, brought his A game for sure. Um, Here I am. Damn, sir. And that bo- beard. It's gorgeous. Um, so, yes. AJ, I'm going to give the floor again to you. Uh, mm-hmm. I want you to promote everything. Give the socials out. The floor is yours. It's nice and buffed and ready for you. You can do it right. in any any microphone you want. Just hit us with where we can find you, where we can follow yep. you, and everything in between. Cool. Well, you can go to copopture.com, and that has all our links there. Um, I'd say primarily I focus on putting putting all our stuff out on our Facebook and YouTube page. So that's Cult Popture again. Um, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram, all under Cult Popture, um, and SoundCloud as well as where we host the audio version of our podcast and you can obviously find that on iTunes and Stitcher as well. And you can email us if you like at cultpopshamedia at gmail.com. Um, so yeah, as I said at the start, we do, uh, so every second week we do film franchise Fortnite. So that's, we watch the, watch the entire film franchise. Um, but in between that we do off week discussions that are just general pop cultural discussions. Um, we also have a, have like, um, on Facebook and YouTube, we have videos that we make um, where that can range from like video essays to comedy sketches to whatever, just things that generally have like a statement to make on the media. Um, recently, I put out a video called Is Meta the New Funny, um, where I explore and break down the rise and potentially soon to come fall of meta comedy and TV and film and memes as well. Um, and that's been doing all right. That's that's been featured on a couple <laughs> websites. I've I've, uh, I've checked your social blade, and it is you've gotten big, big fucking boost every time every time an article yeah. writes it. So I'm impressed with it. I'll definitely put yeah. the link of that one because I truly enjoyed 
uh that uh in the in the notes below in the show notes mm. and that um aj mm. first ever real international guest oh wow down, down under from <laughs> kiwi central can you do a new zealand accent oh, what does it no. sound like you do no. it. try it i won't be offended i promise uh, i can only do an australian and the thing put another shrimp on the barbie that's all i, I got it's horrible. i can, I can you right so the fun thing about new zealand accent is that we don't have vowels we don't we don't say a e i o u we say uh right so every vowel is replaced with a very clipped kind of i e sound so if instead of saying um hey go hey go check out my podcast we go hey go check out my podcast let's you know my podcast (laughs) Exactly. Oh, God. You're getting close. You're getting close. So there you go. Oh, God. I feel bad. I feel like I just insulted a full nation of people. Uh, We do. Whenever we have an international guest on our podcast, it's like a a must. We have to get them to do a New Zealand accent. Well, (laughs) when I come on to yours, um, I already did a New Zealand ask. I'm not going to do it for you guys because if I do that, Mm. uh, none of your listeners are going to listen anymore. They're going to be like, you're, you're insulting us too much with this Canadian. Yeah. I'll do a French accent, no problem. Mm. I'll do a Quebecer accent the whole time and then flip it at the end okay. and come in with a, a regular English accent just to f- throw your fans off. Um, but I'm not <laughs> going to tr- try a New Zealand accent anymore. Fair enough, fair enough. That's all good. Um, cool, cool. So I'm just going to throw in my socials. This is the Phil Better Show. You can find us at philbettershow.com. You can go to our Instagram, our Facebook, and our, obviously our Twitter. It's all Phil Better Show. Um, there you can email the show at philbettershow uh, at gmail.com I always mess up on that I want to say we have a <laughs> .com email address but we don't um, no. ladies and gentlemen I want to thank AJ again for reminding me that even though I said Saturday and I meant our Saturday it's really a fr- our Friday and his Saturday and <laughs> I, I completely messed up to be honest I, I thought it, we were going to record the, the next day but it was today and he was gracious enough to let allow me the time to set everything up to record. So, AJ, thank you, sir. Um, I can't oh, wait good. to come on to your podcast Definitely, and man. destroy the New Zealand accent again and your <laughs> listeners' brains. Um, so good. That's it for us this week. I thank you so much, you lovely, lovely people. <laughs>